Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Corey Emanuel, and you are now listening to Tough Talks. Good evening. I'm so grateful to have you here with us this evening. My name is Kisha Edwards-Gansey, and I'm one of the founders of World Explorers Group. Joining me here this evening is Dr. Corey Emanuel. Um, Dr. Corey has been guiding us through some awesome Tough Talk Tuesday conversations. And this Tuesday, we are focusing on money management, how to talk to your kids about money. I'm excited about this topic. Um, I'm excited to dig in. There's so much uh, energy that money has in our world. And I'm really hoping that we're able to leave this conversation with a new sense of how to instill positive money values in the children that we are working to raise. So, Dr. Corey. This is obviously a very, very important conversation. Not that all of the conversations that we're having aren't, but this one is this one's particularly special to me, um, especially growing up with a single parent um, and having experienced a lot of financial woes growing up and dealing with the stress of a parent. Uh, dealing with you know financial crises from from time to time, so um, I'm I feel really po poised and ready to have this conversation with you. As you all know, if you've been to uh, one of the tough talks that I've facilitated before, I always start with the research so that you can see what are other parents and 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 their children dealing with. What are the realities? Um, of, of financial management in families these days. So first and foremost, you should know that low socioeconomic status is associated with more problems and stressful life situations of the family. Um, and of course, because of that, that can increase your, your children's uh, mental health problems. And that's what I was mentioning at the top is, you know, it's one of those things that if the parent feels stressed about money, then the child is also gonna feel stressed about money. What we also know is that the sooner kids begin saving and investing, um, the more money they will accumulate. Um, critical to that effort, of course, is parents being educated about how to manage finances so that you can effectively advise your children, right? Thirdly, uh, in some of my own personal research um, that I've found and other researchers have found that social media can trigger materialistic values in adolescence. So, Again, I'm always sort of connecting the dots to the times, um, the fact that our kids are using social media and, and online a lot. Um, what are their perceptions about the things that they're seeing? Um, so perceived financial success is something that can be very much a conversation starter as you may hear your kids pointing out things that they're seeing or they're coming across like, that uh, set of sneakers or you know that car, et cetera, those materialistic things are great conversation starters. And then also there are some studies um, that show that healthy money um, attitudes, often um, people that have healthy money attitudes rather have stronger self-confidence, uh, they have greater life opportunities, they have more financial freedom for themselves and their families, obviously less stress, and then healthier relationships. Um, again, money can sort of uh, create this sort of domino effect um, and really break down the safety that a, a family feels emotionally as well as physically, right? Okay, so let's get into sort of just very quickly the whole parenting and money aspect because although we're here tonight to talk about how to talk to your kids, about money management, it really is gonna start with us as parents and guardians being role models, right? So we already know one of the most important emotions in relation to money is shame. What do I mean by that? Again, using my own self as an example, sometimes you come from a environment where money was always tight. You know, parents perhaps live from paycheck to paycheck. So maybe you're having to overcome that. Maybe you're overcoming that with your family still. And when I say overcoming it, you know, really in the weeds of trying to come out of that debt and pay off things, right? Because again, one person in the family is affected, everyone ends up being affected. So we know that that shame is, is tied to how we feel about money oftentimes. 
Now, here are some possible versions of shame feelings that as you come into this conversation tonight, you may be feeling. And as I often say, this is a safe space. No one's here to judge. There's no expectation that you came today having your finances together. None of those things. We, we, we really create these as sort of jumping off points, right? An opportunity to, to move the needle. So you might be thinking, you know, I don't have enough money. So I'm not going to start talking to my kids because we don't even have money to talk about. I get it very valid. Um, you've avoided thinking about finances, almost like if I don't think about it, a lot of my issues and challenges don't exist. Again, understandable. Um, you've avoided doing what you're supposed to about your finances for a while, right? That's another thing um, tied to shame, um, that you just feel really ignorant about it. You know, I personally am someone who, beyond a 401k, um, I haven't done much with stocks. So when I hear stuff about Bitcoin, all of these things, I'm intrigued by it. But there's also like a little bit of shame because I don't fully know and understand that world, right? So maybe folks joining us tonight feel that same way. Uh, shame around spending too much, right? Again, you might be coming in this, into this tonight being like, man, how can I be a great role model for my child when I'm still sort of struggling with some of these things? Again, very, very valid. And then also I buy stuff when I'm unhappy. And we're gonna talk a little bit about retail therapy uh, in a little bit here, but again, if you came into the conversation tonight, and this is sort of where you are, think of this as a clean slate, right? We're gonna build good habits together, one step at a time. And again, one of our big goals is to really try to break the generational curse of debt, right? All right, so what is sort of the intention, if you will, and I thought that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau put it beautifully, what I hope you take away from tonight and what I want us to be able to move into with our kids is really having control over our finances day to day, month to month, um, teaching them about, you know, what does it look like to have the capacity to absorb financial shock, right? Being on track to meet your financial goals, having the financial freedom to make choices that allow one to enjoy life. That's really what, what we're here about tonight, breaking that those generational curses of debt, but also just having financial freedom, feeling more financially empowered, right? So that's, that's our intention here. I always like to, as a psychologist, talk about what's developmentally appropriate. You know, when should we be talking to our kids at, you know, what topics should we be discussing with them at certain points so that they can really get it, right? So here's so, somewhat of a breakdown. So kids under five, right? So, so those on the call tonight with, with some of our babies, with them, you're just simply talking about money. Um, me and some of the World Explorer people, folks tonight, we were just talking about how taboo money was in our households growing up, right? So again, as we try to rewrite uh, and, and do things a little bit differently, perhaps even more effectively, is we need to begin just having conversations with our kids about money, right? Um, say when you be vocal about when you're putting money aside, right? If you're saving up for a trip or you know, you're saving up for their college tuition, for example, bring conversations like that up from time to time. So they already know, oh, mom, dad, grandmother, they save. We're a family that saves. So we're already sort of normalizing good money habits, right? When they're also young like that, maybe you kind of lean a little bit more towards not having a lot of deep conversations and rightfully so. Um, at the very least, try to start them a savings account, right? Because you'll see as they get older, you'll be able to come back to that and use that as an example um, of good um, management habits. Um, so now we're moving into sort of that five to 10 year old, right? So they're in elementary school, starting primary school. Um, and here they can grasp the concept of spending and saving a little bit better, right? They've already been getting introduced to math, math examples and things like that. They're probably gonna start looking for ways to earn money or as they start to ask for more things that require money, 
that's when you want it to sort of insert, well, there are ways to earn more money and, and talk about chores and things like that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. When they're in that five to 10 range, also talk about trade-offs. Talk about what it looks like when you save money, what you can then do, right? Trade-offs, right? Well, we might not buy that today because really what we wanna do in a month from now is this, right? The great opportunities. And then when you're in the store and you're buying things, um, I always like to use the $1 example, right? Your child might only have a dollar and they found something in the store that costs 99 cents and they're like, woo, I can get this. But they probably haven't thought about the fact that there's some sales tax. That's, that's going to be tacked onto that. And so again, that's another good opportunity to, to invite that conversation in as well. All right, so now we move into sort of those uh, pre-teens, tweens, you know, teen years, right? So what should we be talking about with them? Definitely at this point, you want to be talking to them about managing a budget, saving for future expenses, right? If you're someone like me, I'm somewhat still old school. I do an Excel spreadsheet, you know, invite them in to see kind of where money's going, right? Um, more ways to earn money, obviously, is they're getting older and you trust them with certain responsibilities and things like that. Um, that that's a good opportunity, once again, good window um, to have that conversation. And then going back to that original point, if you started them with savings when they were really young, now we can really get into looking at, okay, this is what we've saved. How can we add more through some of these chores, through some of the ways in which you're earning money to that savings account, right? All right. And then lastly, our college kids, we're not going to abandon them tonight just because perhaps they're living in the dorm. We want to get them ready again for financial success when they're completely not dependent on you anymore, right? So the day-to-day -day costs of, you know, what it means to, to live day-to-day, -day, right? So rent, car, car insurance, all of those things. So they are faced with such a harsh reality when they finish school. All right, so this is just, again, big picture of when to talk about certain things involving money. The big takeaway here, the question I get asked and hear so often is, all right, so when should I be talking to my kids about money? And the simple response is as soon as they are old enough to spend money, right? And we know we've got some young kids that every time you leave the house, they're ready, boy. They might be two years old, but they want that ice cream. They want that toy when you go into CVS. So, hey, no, no time is too soon. Soon as they're, they're old enough to, to spend money. Another thing we often talk about on our Tough Talks is our village. Who are the people that sort of stand in the gap and, and help us have some of these tough conversations? So school is one place that will sometimes introduce students or your kids to financial literacy. It's not always the case. Um, oftentimes it may be introduced in elementary school, just depending on the school district and things like that. Um, but usually it, it leans more towards high school. So again, where there's an opportunity is during those formative years before they even reach high school, you wanna be having these conversations. Um, and again, we know our kids, they're in math classes and they're being introduced to, you know, some financial pieces, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting a very rich financial literacy curriculum, right? So they might not be getting taught about compounding interests or the difference between a Roth, Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, all of those things, a credit score, right? Again, conversation um, starters for you as you think about this. All right, so the talk, or as I prefer to say, the talks, because really none of the tough talks that, that we discuss here are one singular conversation. It's gonna be a series of conversations. So what does this one on money management really, really look like? So as I often say, you need to be normalizing all of these things that we're, we're discussing. Conversations with your, your child about money, finances, normalizes financial well-being right? 
It just does, <laughs> it does, all right? There are multiple effective components in parent-child money management communication. And some of these include the extent of communication. So again, you wanna be talking about money as it comes up. And as we spend money every day, usually there's some opportunity. It might be a subscription to an app. Um, you know, you go out and maybe they wanna rent something on Redbox there's always an opportunity to talk about it. You wanna be doing that frequently. Uh, informational style, in no way should, when you do talk to your kids about money, does it need to be a five hour lecture? Boring, right? So again, integrate it in. Maybe it's happening on the way to school. Maybe when you, you, know, you just got that Starbucks and you know, you're using opportunities in which you're spending money, but that are part of your everyday lifestyle. When and how the communication occurs, you know, is important, right? If they're talking to you about, you know, something related to school and something that happened that day, you know, you might not want to use that as the opportunity to, to talk about a, a money matter, right? But again, more organic opportunities, right? And then also the overall environment where the conversation take, takes place, it, it might be better to have it at the table with you, your spouse, other kids there, and that way everybody's asking questions and it's just very free-flowing and sort of open-ended. You came here tonight for some conversation starters, I'm sure, um, and some of these things we've already talked about, we're just circling back so that you walk away with some tangible sort of call to actions tonight with your kids. So the savings one, an easy one is one of those. If you remember when we looked at the spectrum, we wanna start that savings con conversation early. It might be through the form of buying them a piggy bank. It might be through the form of actually starting a savings account. But there's so many ways in which your kids are getting money when they're really young, right? Birthdays, tooth fairy, Christmas, money's coming from grandparents. It's always coming in, right? But what are we doing with it? Hopefully we're saving it, right? Say when you're putting money aside for savings, right? If you do that annual family trip, you know, vacation, great opportunity to talk about, you know, the sacrifices that are being made, et cetera. And then if you do decide to start a savings account, it's great to actually take them in the bank with you and let them be part of that banking experience through, you know, depositing and, you know, they can ask questions about, you know, interest and writing checks, et cetera. But great savings is a great way to start at a really young age to have this conversation. Another one that we've talked about a little bit here is chores, right? So we know that there's some chores that lend themselves to sort of everyday responsibility, taking out the trash, making your bed. Uh, my parents uh, in particular weren't real big on giving an allowance for those types of things. However, there are, there are chores that you might actually pay someone to do that as they get old enough, such as like cutting the grass, more deeper cleaning, that you could actually compensate them for, right? And again, what's great about this is that you're allowing them to connect the dots between money and responsibility, right? So, and then of course, allowing them to save up for things that they want to buy. Um, so from, from age five through the teenage years, this is where, you know, we start getting into some chores. We start small and then we can get a little bit grander in some of the things that we have them to do. Um, ways to earn money is going to be an ongoing conversation and again, connected to responsibility. So one of my other great examples I remember growing up is like, you know, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, you don't eat. So we can sort of see that cycle and, and have that conversation with them about that cycle. All right, so I always like to talk about do's and don'ts when we're having these conversations, right? So some of the things that you, you should do, right? That you got the, the thumbs up on is start slow. I mentioned earlier, we're not here to have these deep dive lectures. We don't need a PowerPoint presentation. Just take baby steps. Again, as you sort of organically move through life, where are there opportunities to talk about money with your kids and just start there, okay? Be honest. Um, you do not need to let your kids know your salary, right? Uh, but be honest about mistakes that you've made, right? My mom, 
has often shared with me over the years, my first job out of college was actually working at a bank. And in that role, I had to look at credit reports a lot. And I would take that information, not about the person, but just the knowledge of like the power of a credit score. And I would share that with my mom. And it's completely transformed her, the way she thinks about money. And now she has this amazing like 800 credit score, which she can't believe based on our history, her being a single mom that she's there, but it happened, right? Um, So yeah, be honest about your regrets and your difficulties. Talk values and not figures. Again, you're not here to tell your kids, well, I make, you know, X amount of dollars a year. And because of that, boom, 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 boom. No, you're really talking about values. You know, what what do we value as a family and value living in a nice home, a home that's in a safe, you know, neighborhood? What are costs associated with those things? What's associated with, with going to college? You know, what we know that being in school yields positive results. So, but we've got to save for school. So again, we're just talking about that full cycle of values. Set family goals. Again, I keep using the the trip and I know right now a lot of folks are probably planning, maybe you've already booked, but what do the weeks and months look like building up to that? As you talk about family goals, sacrifices that we make around money so that we can enjoy life and have that freedom we talked about earlier. Again, normalizing it, not making money be this taboo topic. These are all of your thumbs up things that you wanna do. Now, of course, a couple of don'ts, some things that we kinda wanna avoid when we're talking to our kids about money management. You don't wanna minimize or dismiss opportunities to talk about finances, right? If there's something I think about um, the media um, psychologists and me thinks about a lot of opportunities on television that I've seen over the years. I remember there was an episode of the show Moesha uh, with Brandy and um, all of her friends, I think they were maybe going to Africa or something, but the dad ended up who owned a car dealership ended up having to invest some money in the car dealership. And so Brandy was, wasn't going to be able to go and do this trip. Right. Um, and so we want to we wanna be able to talk about the realities of when we might not be able to do something that our friend is able to do, right? Instead of dismissing that or kind of sweeping that under the rug, we, we have to be honest about what we can afford and what we can't afford. Uh, tell your child what they should do with the money they receive or earn. Now, you can plan ideas, you can remind them of things they've said they wanted to do or places they've said they wanted to you know, go and, and do fun activities or buy things, but you really wanna start giving them that opportunity early to decide how they wanna spend that money, right? And again, you're the parent, you're guiding them not to do anything frivolously, but at the same time, you want, you want them to start having these experiences early so that as they become older and they, they're an adult, they can start connecting back the dots of like, oh yeah, because I spent my money here, now I can't do this. I can't afford to do this. And if I do, there are gonna be some negative consequences. All right, so those are some of your don'ts. Um, and then I mentioned this at the very top. One, another question I often get as I work with mental health and you know, what, where does retail therapy fall on that whole notion of self-care and self-love? And I'm someone, again, going back to the whole savings aspect of it. If you've been saving, right, and you come across, you know, this, this shirt or the, this pair of shoes that are just to die for, right? If you've been saving and you've been working hard, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little retail therapy but you still need to know what your goals are, right? What are your financial goals? What are you realistically able to do in such a way that other things aren't being sacrificed, right? And especially when we think about the family unit, how that other people aren't being negatively impacted by you wanting to have a little retail therapy. I personally um, am often asked, you know, what, what good apps are out there that I can use for money management and budgeting. So I personally use Mint. I like Mint. Um, they're great for custom budgets, spend tracking, subscription monitoring, all of that. And it's for free. Um, and I like that, you know, they're 
they can, you know, put money aside for you that you don't even think about. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, look how much money I have in my savings. So that's a great one. Another one is called Every Dollar App. Um, that is from Dave Ramsey. If you're familiar with him, he's big on like spiritual principles and saving. Um, but Every Dollar App helps you create a monthly budget so you can achieve your money goals. And then they have, I think, both a free uh, and uh, upgraded options for Every Dollar App. But Mint is a free app. Thank you so much, Corey. That was so informative and so helpful. And um, I look forward to digging into uh, some of those resources for sure myself. Um, some questions for you. And you brought this up yourself um, when you talked about being raised by a single mom and uh, having money challenges and witnessing crises in, in a financial life you know, of your family. How how do you approach that topic with children when you're when you're in the throes of things as a parent um i think i mean for me as a parent in in that situation i guess your your first inclination is to protect them from that and to not pass on any stress to them you know and in, in, in those cases but what is a healthy approach to that like you know things that are real really happening an unemployed parent an underemployed parent yeah. um you know a, a potential housing issue things that are just you know that deal with money and and how how do we approach those things and how do we not create a poor relationship or obsession with money for our children in those instances right right well and i think it's really important especially when we think about mental health i always say you know you want to make sure you're putting your your mask on first you know the whole safety um, when you're flying before you know, you, you help your child. And so I think it's really important in those moments of financial crisis um, to make sure you're okay first. Um, and that may take a couple of days. You know, you, you might get laid off today, God forbid. Um, and you need to sort of wrap your mind around that because obviously your kid is gonna have questions about, well, what does that mean? What now for us? And you, you probably haven't even had a chance to figure all of that out yet. So I always say kind of gather yourself first before you have those conversations. And then again, another big theme here is to be honest, right? You want to protect them in terms of the, the stress, the worrying that comes along with, oh no, mom just got laid off. So does that mean we're going to be homeless? Right. You want to protect them from that. But that goes back to that first point of like, you need to have sort of thought through some of those things because they are going to have some very real questions. But at the end of the day, the rule I believe should always to be honest. I, I'll use a personal example. Um, again, being raised by a single mom, one uh, when, when today I came home and the car was gone and it had gotten repossessed, right? And she just told me, she said, you know, um, I, I'm a single mom, I'm working by myself, I don't make a lot of money. And I just, I had to choose between food and lights and keeping a roof over our head and I just got behind. And she let me know, I, I, I didn't freak out. I could tell that she had sort of processed what just happened in that moment and, you know, Pretty soon, probably a couple of weeks later, I think she got another car. Um, and so it, it was just something that was a very much real thing that was happening, couldn't be avoided at that time. And she let me in on it, you know? So I think it was just those steps. She got herself together, figured out sort of what her plan was, and then she shared with me what happened. Okay, that's helpful, thank you. Yep. Um, and and for, for children who have money, like these children who have allowances um, and they have their savings, that birthday money, um, you spoke in your slides about how you should, as a parent, definitely direct children to how they should spend their money, but how much of a dictator can you be? Like, for example, I have, I, I have three very different children who spend money very, very differently. One will save for that big thing, one will have spent all of her money on Grubhub within two weeks, just like that, you know? So, so where, where is the balance there? Where, where is the healthy I, balance? So I say, you know, in those adolescent years, I do really encourage parents to guide 
money and spending when it comes to lifestyle habit choices. So for example, you know, you don't want your kids spending all their money on pizza and hamburgers every single day of the week. You just don't like, because now we're getting into what could potentially become obesity or just, you know, bad eating habits, right? So those for sure should be more guided. But I love your example, Keisha, of how you've got, you know, a couple of kids and they're showing each other how they spend. And I think that's important. I think it's also important for parents to hold their kids accountable um, or responsible. You know, you said you wanted to take that $10 and spend it on Grubhub, right? Don't come to me for $10 to now go to the movies because you should have used your $10. So uh, there's some accountability that you have to place in those situations. But I, I say for the most part, let them spend their money that they earned or they got from grandma the way they want to spend it, long as it's not having some type of major, you know, uh, effect on, on their mind or body, that type of thing. Right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and also speaking to that, just like affordability or choosing how to spend money. Um, as we, as we talk about money with our children, definitely income disparities, or I should say families who choose to spend their money differently. Topics like that come up. Yeah. Why can't I, if they, why can't I, if the, you know, this whole situation. Exactly. Um, and sometimes, I mean, we don't know what another family's financial, um, uh, stability is or not. Yeah. That is not, it's none of our business even. Yeah. So how, how do we approach sensitive topics like that with children who are yeah. there? They start to compare because they have their friend groups. Absolutely. Um, so how, how do we properly navigate that in a healthy way? Yeah, and that's, that's one of my favorite topics to discuss, too, because perception, right? Um, and we think about it uh, closely when we think about social media and social comparison and things like that. And so my thing is this, you know, um, talk to kids about, so we'll use the social media example. Talk to them about how people present highlight reels of their life. You know, one of my early sort of uh, aha moments, I think I was a teenager, maybe, uh, maybe early 20s. But I realized that so many, so many of the people I saw going on vacation and, you know, posting pictures, being in all these extravagant places, a lot of their parents were using points from, you know, their work travel to, to book that hotel or that resort or to, you know, to to get that that vacation trip, they weren't spending their money. What they were doing was they had learned and done a lesson on how to use credit cards where, you know, you put everything on the credit card and then pay it off at the end of the month. And now you've accrued all of these points. So I use that as just one example of like talking to them about the perception of what they, of what they see and how it can, our perceptions can be flawed right? Then also be honest again with, in terms of the realities of there are families who maybe the mom and dad are doctor and lawyer like the Huxtables, right? So they have a larger income, combined income. And so yes, they can afford to live in a bigger home, right? And so then you kind of set them up for, you know, aspirational beliefs and ways in which, again, if you save, you can have a nice car, or I'm not going to buy you those Jordans, but if you save up your, you know, your allowance for the next two or three months, then I'm, I'm happy to match what you, what you save, and then we'll get you those Jordans. So again, it's just weaving in those real life moments with what the goals are. Yeah, that is helpful. And it's true. That is so true. You just have to like, you know, show them in, in their work. Show them Absolutely. in their work how to make things happen. Um, my one of the things that I've said to my kids is, um, what you're seeing is how much someone spent, not how much money they have. You know, so that is okay. those are two different things <laughs> for oh, sure. Right, and that yeah. trade-off piece again I talked about earlier is like, yeah, you you saved a hundred dollars, but what you want to do is three hundred. Mm -hmm. So we got to, we got to work a little bit longer. Does it match? Yeah, <laughs> it match. that's right. <laughs> right. Okay. That's true. Um, overspending. overspending, you know, just because 
the, the thing about this is, this is what's so interesting to me. We've gone through these tough talks and we're, we're, we're gonna continue to go through them, right? Um, just because we have to have these conversations with our children doesn't mean that we have a, a great healthy grasp on them ourselves. Nice. So sometimes we're sometimes we're learning together, and sometimes sometimes we're able to teach them. Sometimes we still haven't gotten there yet, and we're trying to you know learn as we go and grow together. So there's different stages of this. Um, and this next question is kind of related to that, and it's about overindulgence or spoilage. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like um, you know where it could be argued that this is teaching an unhealthy relationship with money to children. But how, how do we balance that, right? Um, giving children what they ask for with no explanation. What does that do? You know, like they ask for it, they get it. They ask for it, they get it. That's the story until they go to college. What happens in cases like that? Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we've been able to see and look at studies that like, you just can't reward kids for everything. It sets them up for a lot of disappointment um in in their adult life in particular if if everything was just sort of given to you your entire life right and so again one of the things that i hope that folks took away tonight is when you start having conversations about money you can't really talk about money without talking about responsibility and connecting the two together um so for me i i'm not a proponent of giving a child i personally feel like maybe i'm old school here like kids get phones too early you know like when you think about the price of an iphone those are that's a major investment and i'm not sure a four-year-old <laughs> can really sort of grasp what was spent on this piece of technology right now but you wanted it and everybody has one so i gave you one right so i think that we have to be very cognizant of why we're rewarding like is this to win brownie points is this to kind of keep up with the joneses i think it goes back to really checking yourself i think you have to check why do why why am i doing this what might i be sweeping under the rug or dismissing and not really giving them the full scope or breadth of by just handing them things it could be opportunity yeah. for another another conversation that needs to be had and that conversation, I think you touched on that in your slides as well. And that's a connection between money and how we deal with money and our mental health and insecurities Absolutely. and how, how we bridge those two things. I was gonna say, I do think that yeah. what happened a lot of times and I totally get it, but if you lived in a state of poverty, um, you know, low socioeconomic status, there is this part of you that doesn't want your child to experience that and know what that looks like. And I applaud that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but balance, again, going back to balance, it doesn't mean that, listen, if you got a child, I don't even have kids, but I do have nieces and nephews that are just mm -hmm. like my kids. Um, and you want to spoil them. God knows you do. But again, there's balance. Mm -hmm. balance and, and speaking, okay, uncle, Speaking to yep. extended family members, yep. okay, <laughs> how do we deal with that? You know, as parents, we have, we're laying down the law, we're talking about finances and budgeting and being responsible with money. Then grandma over here is willing and dealing, <laughs> saying, you know, everything. Okay. I won't, I won't even lie to you. I, I don't think there is a way known to man to stop a grandparent from spoiling their grandchild. It just is what it is. But I do think in your immediate family household, that's where you have the opportunity to create those boundaries. Like, yeah, when you go to grandmothers, that's great. But here, this is this is how we do money. This is how we budget. You've got to set the groundwork for that day-to-day Right. And then there's that conversation was like, that grandparent, you know, is not the father or mother that I know. Exactly. <laughs> at all. Look, you can let them know that too. About that too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, right. that's right. Um, and then for, um, for ignoring this, I would just want to speak to silence. And I always have this question too. Um, what is, what, what is the ramification of not saying anything about, about anything? You know, I, I personally, didn't have a, a real working knowledge of financial literacy 
credit card interest rates, how to make a budget, what a spreadsheet that dealt with finances ever looked like until I was, a, you know, until I was in post-college, college years, real adult years, you know, and, um, and a lot of it was around the energy that children don't need that type of information or that children, you know, that we were just removed from that conversation. Yeah. So how do we, as parents, move past the silence if that's what we're dealing with? Like if we are like, we're no right now, our child is 12 and we haven't said a peep. Yeah. You yeah. know, like how do we re-enter like, and push that? I think, and that, that was one of the things that, you know, when we talked earlier about some of the shame that mm-hmm. we as parents and adults have, um, that that was sort of a setup to talk about like where you may need to do some work, right? You know, some of those, some of those statements was I've avoided thinking about finances um, I'm really ignorant about all this. I spend too much. That may be your reality, or perhaps prior to listening to this talk, that was your reality. But it's now is a new day. This is a new opportunity to start. And there's so many, uh, whether it's credit restoration, um, uh, free apps, there's so many resources now to correct Whatever your past has been around money, there is such a wealth of opportunities now. There's people doing free webinars, you know, again, on how to restore your credit. Um, if you're a first time uh, homeowner because you're like, I've been renting and so much of my money has been going to rent. How do I now transition? There's programs in place, right, to help people who maybe have had bad uh, credit uh, history to not only correct that, but be saving for that that first home. So I would say to answer your question, educate yourself, uh, be vulnerable that, you know, look, I haven't done it right. I, I haven't gotten a lot right, but I want to start today. And if for, for no one else, for your kids, for those folks who are coming up behind you again to break that generational curse of debt, it has to start someone, so it might as well be you. That's right. And for that credit restoration process, credit repair, things that you're doing to prepare, like all those things, would you say that it's safe to include your children oh, in yeah, that? Absolutely. Yeah. Start letting them in so that they know, oh, wow, mom and dad have to spend this much money, money so they can then again connect the dots to what they might be earning. And they're like, oh, I'm, you know, griping about my $10 a week, you know, but mom and dad are having to spend this on my lunch money, you know, start letting them in on where money's going so they can assess for themselves how to spend money. Yes, for sure. And, and when is it too much? Like, when is it like, um, as a parent, you know, you're cooking dinner and they say, I want X, Y, and Z instead. Like, why can't we have X, Y, and Z instead? I will tell you, knee-jerk reaction is like, you got money for that? Exactly. You You know, like that kind of thing. But like, where are the, where are the boundaries there? Like, when is it like, when is the conversation not a really money conversation? Like for real, that conversation is probably about gratitude. Right. That conversation is really supposed to be about gratitude. Right. And that (laughs) was, was how do we put the lines there? Exactly. And that was the point I was making earlier. I think a lot of times we will sort of dismiss conversations because we don't really want to have a conversation about what we need to discuss in this moment so like you said you know if you if I'm in the kitchen and I'm preparing this feast and you're talking about I'd rather have chicken nuggets tonight yeah that's the conversation about gratitude you know and that there's so many people who you know they don't know where their next meal is going to come from um and and to think about again eating habits um, so what what conversation should we be really having right now? But yeah, the the end goal thought in mind is that yeah. we already have talked about our family goals in terms of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to pay off debt. We're trying to go on vacation. We're saving up for college tuition. So every little thing that we do from the meal we eat to, you know, where we go uh, when we go to, to a movies uh, to see a movie as a family matters letting them know that that thing matters. Yes. Um, And then also speaking to that, like the idea of wanting more, you know, like it's okay to want chicken nuggets when somebody is cooking a whole fancy feast, right? It's okay to want more, want something different, right? Absolutely. How, How can we as parents take away 
the guilt of wanting more in these conversations like this. Like a lot of times it's like, I don't know that the, the whole stereotypical, like, you know, there are children who don't have food at all, like being like a knee jerk reaction in a situation like that. So um, for, for it to be like, you know, there are healthy ways to spend money. Like you said, there's a time when like retail therapy is appropriate and there's a time when it is inappropriate. Sure. Um, so how, how do we navigate that? Like, you know, there's, there's us having these tough talks, right? And yeah. for parents, and then there's in the moment yeah. <laughs> when it's happening, exactly. you know, it's like you got count to 10 and remember, okay, what did Dr. Corey say <laughs> that I was supposed to say in this moment? Yeah, you know, so well, how, I mean, I how do, do we think, handle? I do think that every family kind of has to develop their own framework around these things, and what I mean by that is you might be very much a free choice family, like. Hey guys, this is what I'm going to cook tonight. But if you don't want to eat this, you don't have to, you know, and if they've got money, you know, to go to McDonald's, like you say, go on Grubhub, you spend, I'm not going to spend my money <laughs> on getting you something from Grubhub. I'm going to cook enough for you. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you got to develop that framework. I didn't necessarily grow up with a free choice. It was either you're going to eat this or you're going to be hungry. <laughs> right. <me too. laughs> right. Yeah. But I always say that doesn't necessarily um, have to be a one size fits all. You know, if you grew up somebody, I have friends now who they hated green beans growing up, right? They just, they hated it. They despised it. Maybe mom and dad would force them to sit at the table and eat their green bean. We're, we're trying to rewrite that sort of trauma of those traumatic experiences. Nothing wrong with that. But again, the reality is this is what dinner is tonight right but you're more than welcome if you've got money to order something and just keep it moving like you said don't don't necessarily feel like you've got to come back to these sort of cliches like you got mcdonald's money or you know we don't we we can move away from that <laughs> that's right and, and just keep it real with them mm -hmm. being honest is is where it's at that's true that is so true always honesty and transparency right yep that's it. um and then speaking to the idea of earning uh, that, you know, like, for example, like as a parent, you know, I have done different work. I've, you know, I've, I'm a grown person. I have earned funds differently than my children have for sure. <laughs> you know, how do you answer that question from a child? Why do you get X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. Why can, you know what I mean? Like what's yeah. a healthy response to that? Well, can you give me an example? Like, give me an example of maybe one of the. You 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 got you got your nails done, but I I mm -hmm. like, but why didn't you know? Why can't I go do that like immediately, like right now? <laughs> you, did it, you know. Yeah. Well, and I get I go back to a framework. So maybe yeah. the framework is that um, for your birthday, for special occasions, then yes, mom will get your nails done. But other than that, like. My your grandmother doesn't pay for me to get my nails done anymore. <laughs> you know, like again, I think you yeah. have to uh, keep tying yeah. back to the reality of these situations. Like I'm getting my nails done because I work every day. You know, and when you get to the point where you, where you work every day, when you work <laughs> you every earn, day, you have earnings. You can get your nails done every week if you like, and just keep it moving. That's right. <laughs> just That's keep right. it moving. <laughs> I feel like sometimes we overcomplicate these things yeah. and make them be bigger yeah. than what it is but yeah that's the reality oh gosh this is this is a beautiful conversation for I sure because I, I know yeah um as parents and caregivers everyone who interacts with children we deal with this you Absolutely. know i've even as educators we've been in situations where children are asking us to spend money you know <laughs> like in group settings you know like can we have this or like we're in the middle of a camp Exactly. You know, so we have exactly. to like have these conversations. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I go yeah. back, I always think about the the go-to sort of uh, school example was, you know, not everybody got a pizza party, right? You had to, that was, it was behavior, grade, something warranted you being able to do that, right? And it goes back to that reward system we were talking about before. We're just not out here just getting nails done and, and buying hamburgers and french fries just because we feel like it every day like we That's had right. to earn that whether through money or you know it was a special occasion but normalizing 
this is the process. This is the way we go about acquiring things we want. Right, and I love that the process of acquiring is what's essential um, for understanding because it also answers the question of fairness. Um, where like, you know, it's not fair. Well, but did you go through the process to go from A to Z? Did you do that work? If you didn't do that work, you can't have that result. It's not about fairness. <laughs> it's whether you went through the process. Right. So, <laughs> so, so important and spot on. Oh my goodness, thank you. This has been a really great conversation. Um, I look forward to revisiting this um, for all of you watching live on Facebook and on our website later, because this will be posted on explorekids.us. Um, this is an ongoing conversation that we hope that you're able to have with your children. Financial literacy is so important. It's so important to set up our kids to be able to work well in um, our country's economy and our world's economy. Um, and I also want to speak to this. We are going to have two other conversations that are integral to this conversation. One is on poverty and homelessness, and one is on economic justice. Um, and those two tie-ins are very important to consider as we have this conversation about financial management, not only as our like insular family, but also as our global family, all of the people on this planet and how our personal interactions with money impact everyone and influence everyone. And we'll be able to talk more about that in our later Tough Talks. And I really want you, especially if you're interested in this one, to tune in to those two. We'll be here again with Dr. Corey for those conversations. We want to leave the world better than how we found it. It's that simple. Our goal is every day to build community, to empower families, to empower the children we serve. And these tough talks are just like one little spot of gravy on that process. Just one little spot of gravy, but it's so important. So thank you for this evening, Dr. Corey. It's always a pleasure. I'm signing off. This is Kisha Edwards-Ganzi, one of the co-founders of World Explorers. Remember, you are your child's most influential role model. As they seek to form their individual identities, you influence their attitudes, behavior, values, the way they coexist with others, as well as how they choose to love and honor who they uniquely are. Yes, we know, it's quite the tall order. But guess what? You don't have to do it alone. We're all figuring it out, one day at a time, together. Until next time, live, laugh, go explore.